Welcome to the ministry of Reverend David Edigenfi. Reverend David is the founder and president of Kingdom Mystery Center Worldwide. He is an end-time apostle mandated to raise mature sons of God who would explicitly manifest their identity in Christ. Reverend David has a dynamic music ministry and is the author of Dangers of Wrong Marriage. His strong passion for soul winning has spread Jesus for all missions and evangelistic crusade ministry. Now listen to Reverend David H.J.V. Seasons of emergency. <laughs> we have come into a time and a moment where the church must be more conscious than it used to be. And we will not forget ourselves because the spirit that reminds us is so actively reminding us. We have gathered to do one of the most essential things that you have asked of us to do. Holy Spirit, teach us, guide us into truth because your guidance is what brings us into place of uncommon and complex edification. Help us. Help us. Anoint my lips. I plead the blood of Jesus upon my life that the truth shall be spoken in boldness. Even in Jesus' precious name. Amen. All right. So let's take our seats. So the first thing I want to do right now is to actually correct something I, I, I said in my teaching. And I feel it is very important I do that correction. Because I, strangely, I couldn't share one of our short videos because I think two of them. Because anytime I listen to it, it has something it does to me. I feel something is not right with it. I couldn't tell. But first, the first one I want to correct is something the Holy Spirit, I believe, has dealt with me on it. And I need to come back to the church to tell the church it is not completely true that your calling and giftings are not relevant after this earth. In my teaching, I have made a statement like that. And uh, what led to it was the fact that I was trying to let you know that, okay, fine. If you have anything to do, be fast and do it because after we have left this earth or after you have left this earth, your giftings and callings are irrelevant. It is not completely true. No, in fact, it is not true. Your giftings and callings shall follow you. Your giftings, you see, it is for the work of God. It is for his assignment on earth. That is why he created you. He said, Jeremiah, before I formed you, I was in my garden thinking, I was thinking of what to do, how to send my word to my people. And I thought of bringing a prophet and I decided to form you, to conform to that purpose of mine. So before I formed you, I knew you and I ordained you a prophet. So the ordination of God, one thing about God is that everything about God doesn't go waste. That is something you must understand. And everything about a believer is not waste you will be very surprised that you will get to the other side of eternity and you will realize that even certain words you spoke that you thought you were joking is waiting for you. You'll be very, very surprised. So there is nothing waste when a believer 
and when you become a believer, a born again child of God, everything about you is eternal. Am I, am I making myself clear? Everything about you is what? Is eternal. So that consciousness must be with you. That everything, the way I, I do things, if the way I dance in church and the movement of my dance is sometimes designed into a warframe and placed in my room in, in heaven, then how much more my calling and my what? My giftings. Why is Abraham the father of faith? And why is he the landlord of paradise? Because God has made him the father of all nations. He is our father. The Bible says like you are, we are, we are, we are the, 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 the sons. We are descendants of what? Of Abraham. So you get to paradise and your, your, the father you meet is Abraham. Why? Because on earth he had been given the patriarch title. Are you getting what I'm trying to say? So whatever concerns you as a believer has eternal life in it and you cannot waste it. Hallelujah. So now, the reason why you have to work so well and make sure that you work with your gifts and calling, you work in it, not just trying, but growing in it and perfecting in it is because whatever you become in eternal time depends on what you do with your gift. So to the extent that if you have been anointed and called to be a drama on earth here and your drumming is what makes the whole meeting very exciting, you will be very surprised that by the time you get to heaven, you may be part of the band of heaven. You may be part of the band of heaven. So, Seneca saw this say something that when he get to heaven, he was there and they said they were going for worship night. So, all this worship night we do here, actually it is done in heaven. A worship time in heaven. Actually, in heaven there is no night there. So, they were going for worship. When they got there, do you know the choir director? The choir director was David. The one that wrote more songs in the Bible than any other person. He's the choir director. He's the choir director. So your gift and calling becomes relevant. And then he asks a question. Ah, why is David the choir director? And they told him, say, when you come here, whatever you were doing in the body of Christ whilst you're on earth, that is what you will continue to do right here. So you are a, a Sunday school teacher. You'll be surprised that by the time you get to heaven, there are children who are aborted legitimately. And there are children who died before their time. There are children in heaven where you, your services will be what? Relevant. So it is very important that you master your calling. I said the word, master your calling. You must be effective in it. Very, very effective in it. You must. You must. Hallelujah. I, I don't think you are in church. Hallelujah. You must be a master in it. Now, I'm going to quote to you 
one of the most serious scriptures that whenever I read it, I shake. You see, sometimes we forget that according to 1 John 1 9, the Bible says that if we confess our sins, He says His word, He is faithful and His word. He says, sometimes we forget that God is a just God. So that we forget that God is a just God. And then we also forget that God is a God that works for profit. So whatever God does, he expects to see what? The profit. Why do you think you have so much excitement and joy singing? The Bible says it is he that works in us to will and do. So the desire in you has been worked intentionally by him in you. To have that willingness and to do. So the day you say you won't do it, what bunya makes money? The day you, you do it and not do it well, you are like the one with the, the, the guy, the servant with one talent who went to hate his talent. Because you failed to do rehearsal and grew and become perfect in the call of God upon your life. That you may execute it excellently. Until we all come, there is an update awaiting us until we all come to the unity of the faith. And we'll come there. So whatever we are doing in this life, we are doing it with the intention of what? Growth and edification. Becoming better people. Not unto ourselves, but unto God. In God. Unto God. In God. So the standard is not what men clap for. The standard is not what you think is good. The standard is not what will receive a lot of comments on Facebook. The standard is what heaven will stand for. That it may look like him. Because the conclusion of the matter is for us to grow and become exactly as the Lord. And you will understand it. Let's get to the scriptures. Let's look like a scripture in the book of Hebrews. The book of Hebrews. Chapter number 6. There's a serious scripture there. (laughs) The verse number 4. We are reading from there to 8. And then you will see something very important there. For it is impossible. That's what the Bible says. It is impossible. For it to be in brackets means that we can read it. For impossible for those who were once enlightened. That means we can read it without that, that, that thing. For those who were once enlightened. And have tasted of the heavenly gift. And were made partakers of the Holy Ghost. And have tasted the good word of God. Have you tasted all these things? And the powers of the world to come. Then he said, if they shall fall away. To renew them again unto repentance. Seeing they crucify themselves. The son, the son of God afresh. And put him to an open shame. He said, for the earth which drink a tear. Was it? To the point he said. According to the end of the day. You are denying Christ. You are not going to follow Christ again. And then you are expecting Jesus to come and die for you specially again for you to be born again again. He said there's something like that. Jesus is not leaving his throne again to come down to come and die. So you can't crucify him again. Don't be deceived by false doctrines. Don't be deceived by false doctrines. If there is any great blessing you have, it's the blessing of your salvation now. That you are safe and being here, seated here, is a great blessing. 
you don't know how many people are wishing they come to church but they are struggling there are people we know that it is good for them to come and we may have called them send them messages but they couldn't even have the edge to come if you are seated here you have the right to lift your hands and say father i thank you Because you will not have that. The Bible says that you have tasted all these things. If you fall away, you cannot be restored again. That's what the Bible is saying. Then the next verse, is it the verse 8? That is, uh, or say, for the earth, asasia, and for the earth which drinketh in the rain, that cometh often upon it, and bringeth forth herbs, Meet for them by whom it is dressed, receiveth what blessings from God. Then the next verse says something. He said, But that which beareth tongues and berries is rejected and is nigh unto cursing, whose end is to be burned. Assassin should pa a gusso. Na yet sorry no pa ye who says sasaseno aswaba pa meni penya son fasuono or say sasas de radishrano na sasia and num say suono near besora no panen kase and fifi wasono or si sasaseno your bed domino no besi sasasen no patcher and say sa wutia nyamia sem ye catchero ye shra ye anointo uba anointi service uba estrayo uba de deme nini nature you are seated so nobody, the church is not benefiting from you. The law says that he's going to curse you. It's not a joke. When I saw these things, it shook me. It's there. But that which bear tongues upon all this word that is coming to you, when you open your mouth, you scatter the church. Upon all this word that is coming to you, when you step forward, you are able to affect people's life negatively and they don't feel like they are Christians any longer. You are buried tongues. The Bible says that such people, they are nigh unto cursing. Whose end is to be what? Bent. I was thinking about something. Whilst I was in the car coming, I was thinking about something. I asked a question and I, I'm sure the Holy Spirit answered me. I said, if it is true that we, you see, I am not growing until we are growing. <laughs> oh God, I am not growing until we are growing. I am not mature until we are all maturing. If it is so, and I'm in the church or I'm in a group with somebody, I'm doing everything to grow. The person is not growing. Does that mean that forever I will not grow if the person makes his mind not to grow? Though he's a believer. Then the Holy Ghost asked me a question. He said, and the the branch that beareth no fruit shall be cut out. (laughs) That's no answer. Just as I was coming to church, shall be cut out. Then he asked me another question. He said, why do some believers die? Because certain, certain people must be terminated, okay, to give us access. Which stands to reason that your effort in growth in the Lord gives you extension of life. Because making effort to grow, what it means is that God has a vessel suitable for what? The perfection of the saint. Are you following what I'm saying here? 
God has a vessel suitable for the perfection of the saints. So God knows that if I should keep Douglas alive for five more years, Douglas is going to win all the aquatic powers, aquatic guys in this town. Why would she, why would she, why would he kill him early? Why would he allow him to die? I was talking to our sister better this, this evening. I was telling us, look, you don't know what it takes Satan to kill one believer. You don't know it. <laughs> you don't know. It, it, it's, it's one of the most serious things. Before one Christian will die, if you know what happens in hell and the number of forces they have to amass, this is the reason why you have to constantly grow. I said this is the reason why you have to do what? Constantly grow. Your growth causes you to even escape untimely death. Your growth in the Lord, it causes you to even escape what? Untimely death. How does that happen? The Bible says that when a demon is casted out, is that what he said? He said it goes to search the dry place to see if he can locate a place for itself. If he doesn't find, it comes back. And in its coming, it comes with what? Seven more stronger demons than itself. So if the last demon who was checking out left you at level one, and by the time he comes back, you think it is the same demon who couldn't stand level one power that is coming to face you. I'm sorry for you. He's coming with himself plus seven more powerful than himself. So this, maybe these demons, they are level two powered demons times seven. That is 14. So by the time they come, if you are still not grown in the Lord and you are still at level one, you are going to be faced by 14 powers. And how are you going? That is why when a person, when a person gets born again and he falls off, the restoration becomes more difficult. He needs a lot of visitation and follow up and all those things. And what, what happened is that when two or three of us go to visit a person like that, our force scares the demons and powers away. That is why when a person backslides and nobody visits, no follow up, it is difficult. He gets restored. He doesn't come back. They keep going back and back and back and back and back. They keep going back and back and back and back. So these are things that you don't have to, I mean, joke with. You have been blessed to be saved and been placed in one of the best churches you can ever find. And you have one of the best pastors that can preach you. The word of God comes to you alive. You are receiving the rains from heaven and yet you want to bear testers and uh, bristles. No. <laughs> don't. Don't let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in thy sight. That was the prayer of David. Because he knew that apart from his act, his words and his thoughts can defeat him. Because sometimes we may not have spoken, but we may have conceived some thoughts within us, which is so unpleasant. What makes a man stand there? Nobody has done you anything. But by the time you realize the man's manhood is standing tall, there is a thought going on inside there that is provoking certain things outside. So we may not see what you think, but the Lord is able to judge the tiniest vibration of our thoughts. So why would you sit down idle? Ask yourself, why am I idle? Why am I not doing anything? Why am I not effective? Why am I not the reason why something is getting successful? Why am I not happy about what he has worked in me to will and to do? What kind of land am I? Am I the one receiving rains and bearing herbs 
that is meant for good purpose. Or I'm the one receiving rains and bearing bristles and, and, and testers. Hallelujah. So this thing is supposed to correct that, that thing. So don't, don't think that, uh, when you get to heaven, heaven, the acquire, you know, she's a quad dress. Near Tonum, no beer, Tonum. Who you boot out for heavy? I'm sure Sabia, a minim, you could be cool or hoddy, but a baby or pa. You see, so just, 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 it is important to identify your call. Okay. And pursue it with all your heart. Very important. Important to identify your call. Pastor David, since the day he started this commission, had never changed his message. My, my, I've been like this since. I've been like this since. And every Tuesday has been exalted. I, I cherish every Tuesday so much. Why? Because it gives me opportunity to share, to step into my elements as a, as a, a, a teaching apostle. Wake up. Today you have heard it. You have heard the reality. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Is that a good idea here? Very well. So now let's go to our subject matter. So we've been dealing with uh, the body of Christ. And this subject, (laughs) I told you that I can teach it till the end of the year. And still, I may not be able to exhaust it. Ephesians chapter 4, the verse number 13. Ephesians chapter 4, the verse number 13. Is that till we all, not some, till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Sincerely, I think the recap has run, but I, 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 I doubt if I really remember where I, learned, I, end, I ended. But whatever be the case, one thing I want to make clear to you is that the building of the body of Christ is so much important to Christ himself. Do you know that Christ is restless without the building of the body? He is restless. What it means is that once upon a time, two disciples from the, the company or the, the church of John the Baptist decided to go with Jesus and they asked Jesus, where is your house? The answer Jesus gave <laughs> was quite some way. He said, foxes have holes. He said, bears have holes and foxes have what? If I could remember. He said, but the son of man has nowhere to do what? Lay his head. He was declaring something very important. He was declaring something very important. And I told you that when Jesus died, when we went into the tomb, we saw that the cloth that was wrapped around the head was folded nicely and put in down. But the one that wrapped the body was not folded. It was just left like that. Why was it not folded? And I told you that Jesus from the, from death when you read the book of Colossians the Bible says he's the first begotten from death are you getting what I'm saying and he is the head of the body of Christ or of the church he is the head and having died and come come out having fulfilled all righteousness and come out he had completed what he was sent to do so on the cross he made a statement and said it is finished Whatever he, as the head of the church, 
was sent to do, it is finished. He has finished it. He has finished it. Now it's unto you and I who are not properly folded now for us because we must be formed. For us to be formed. And he being the head, the Bible said, we, the church, the body of Christ, we are the body of Christ. The church is the body of Christ. The believer that is saved by the blood of Jesus, the believer that has accepted the Lord Jesus as his personal savior, worldwide, the universal church, he said, we are the body of Christ. The body upon which the head will do what? Will rest. So for the body not to be formed properly, the head is restless. The head is restless. So you read the Bible. Let's pick it from verse 11. And let's roll down. Because we start, we started said, and he gave some apostles and some prophets and not some missing. Like Reverend actually recapped that it is highly impossible. Listen to me. By the wisdom of God, it is highly impossible for a believer to properly conform to the body of Christ without being under the ministry of these gifts. By all means, there, ha- there, there should be a, an ordained apostle for your life. There should be an ordained a prophet for your life. There should be an ordained evangelist for your life. There should be but at least one of them. One of them must be given for your life. So, it, among the, uh, the, the apostles, one of the most renowned of them who is Paul, the day he got born again, God himself had to organize an apostle to take care of him. Barnabas. God went to Barnabas and told Barnabas, Paul is born again. Go and do what? Disciple him. And he told God, he said, ah, that guy is a killer. When I go, he said, no, he is part of me. He is my son. Go and take care of him. And it was when he went there that he went to lay hands upon him and then he, he did what? His eyes got open. Now he trained him in the word of the Lord. And Paul became Paul. So if Paul needed a pastor. Who are you? Who are you? Do you know? That Jesus sat under teachers. Look to the verse number 48. If I'm right. Push me there. Look to the verse number 48. And when they saw him. They were amazed. And his mother said unto him. Son. Why hast thou dealt with us beholding with us beholding thy father and I have sought thee sorrowing let's go back to 46 let me see what's the other 46 okay it's okay 46 yeah and it came to pass that after three days they found him in the temple Jesus was in church for three days what was he doing found him in the temple sitting in the midst of which ones doctors PhD holders people with PhD of the word the scriptures doctors both hearing them and doing what? Asking them questions. Child of God, you are not the first to be in church. Your master was in church. So don't be lazy about coming to church. He sat in one sermon, in one service. It took them three days. He was there. He didn't look at his time until his parents found him. So we come to church two hours and you start looking at your time. You are even erroring. You have not yet arrived where your master arrived. You have not yet arrived there. Yeah. So 
you, you need the, the ministry gift. Why? So that that precious divine call of God upon your life can now break forth, can now come out. Elisha was able to step in his calling because he had a prophet to supervise him, to mentor him, to govern him. And he came to a point where now he was able to do even better than Elijah. So that we can be perfect in the work of what? Ministry. That we can be perfect. No apostle ever can put his hand on his chest and say he was self-made. Nobody. Nobody. Nobody is self-made. Ah, that for me, nobody, nobody was there to uh, do this. It's not true. It is never true. It is never true. Moses, why do you think Moses at a point, having seen the, an Israelite fighting with an Egyptian, was pricked in his heart, fought the Egyptian until he died? Ran before we realized, Moses became a pastor of what? Of the church of Israel. The first pastor to lead Israelites. Okay, who mentored Moses? The Bible says when he was begotten, they saw he was a special child. And what happened? The, when the daughter of Pharaoh took him from the riverside, his senior sister went to Dr. Pharaoh and said, ah, I know a woman. He can take care of this one for you. The Bible says he took, she, they took Moses to that woman. No, no, it was his own mother. So the mother was the one that put this breast into his mouth. And I'm sure whilst he was feeding him, Moses was growing. He was teaching them the counsels of God that had been handed over to Israel. So when Moses grew, he had the feelings. He had that virtue in him. He had the senses of, of the counsels of God. He knew where he belonged. The Bible says it was by faith. Moses refused to be identified with the prince or with the palace of what? Egypt. But chose to suffer afflictions with the Israelites. Because somebody spoke to him. You need a pastor. You need a pastor. God has given you an apostle. You need an apostle. You need, you see, some of you, eh, you, you, you see, you have an apostle, but apostle, an apostle doesn't have you. That's the truth. Because the truth is, you see, and this suggests to us. One day I heard somebody saying, some people saying in town, uh, why is that, why is that KMC pastor is so much involved in everything about everything he wants to be involved? Why does he put his nose in everything? You are not kingdom minded. If you are kingdom minded, then you will know. I want to show you a scripture. Ephesians, let's, let's move on to, um, Holy Spirit, help me. Um, let's go to Colossians 1, verse 18. Let me see what's there. Colossians 1 verse 18. Colossians 1 verse 18. And he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the, the dead, that in all things he might have preeminence. There's a scripture that says that he is the one that filleth all things in all. He filleth all things in all. He filled your school. He filled your GPA. He fills your marriage. He fills. So if Jesus had a say in every side of your life, then his apostles have a say in every side of your life. They are supposed to make sure that Christ is filled in those areas. That is why your pastor must be involved in every aspect of your life. I've not been called as a seminary, uh, uh, I mean, uh, 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 what do you call it? A conference speaker. That when I finish speaking and I'm, I'm paid, I'm gone. I don't care what you use the information for. No, I have been called as a tutor and a governor to make sure that this life is presented blameless. Are you getting what I'm trying to say here? 
So this, don't as I was sitting, I said, God, so this is the reason why my spirit does not free me. Watching a church member go wayward, watching a church member lose it. I, told, I was telling my father in the Lord, I said, Daddy, the way church members are hurting me, I want to think about myself. I want to, I want to walk into the church and just be, just go and preach as my responsibility. What, whoever will use it. Do you know what my father said? He said, Pastor David, I beg you, don't change. Apostle had never spoken like that before. I know Apostle to be like, what do you mean? Like, I was expecting something like that. But he just spoke. Apostle, Pastor David, I beg you, don't change. And he sent me certain videos. Because the certain wounds were making it very difficult for me to, to continue in a certain way. But having seen this, which is his body, the fullness of him that feel what? All in what? In all. He feel all in all. So, so that I can walk into, uh, I can call reverend, call mercy and ask them, Charlie, how is marriage going? They begin to talk to me about this. Charlie, do this, do this, do this, do this, do this. Before you realize things are working again. I, we, the Christ must be filled there. Christ must be filled there. Yes. Somebody has proposed, you said, we don't want to tell pastor. Who do you want to fill the place? Why are you keeping it? The issue is that, the question is, what, what does pastor do, use that thing for? No, if you come and tell me, oh, daddy, this is what has happened, blah, blah, blah. What does pastor use it for? Just to be a blessing to you. Just to be a blessing to you. There are certain people when they walk to you and propose to you, even in this church, I'll tell you, be careful of them. I can tell you straight, no, as for this guy, be careful of him. Because it's not, we, we don't say he's wicked though. We are talking about the fact that he has not grown and he's subjected to the elements of the world. And he is easily influenced by Satan to slay church girls. Therefore, be careful of this one. One real baby gave boy with chunko heaven. Let me catch your street. But to the show, he filleth all in all. I'm not the one that feel it, though. It is Christ that feel it. And I'm going to show you something. It is Christ that feel it. And if truly, this ministry gift given unto us, he gave gifts unto men. This gift God has graciously given unto us is intended, man of God, for our growth until we come to the full knowledge of the Christ. Then the pastor has a work to do. Then the pastor has a work to do. Are you following? To be a great believer, okay, is to come to a place where you you know of yourself that I'm actually submissive to the gift of God to me. There are some people in church, they are not submissive to their pastors. They are not submissive to their pastors. The devil has succeeded in making them think it is manipulation. Manipulating you for what? Of a truth. There are certain puppets, they are Jezebel puppets. That the, the ministry that is proclaimed from that altar is not healthy. Some people, some pastors are truly manipulating others. But when you have found one who is not, <laughs> what do you do? What do you do? Amen. Yeah. I had a tough time. 
And I, I, in fact, I was shut into silence when I had to get involved into a daughter of the house uh, relationship issue. I told her, I said, look, I, I don't have a problem you going out with that brother. But there are so many controversies about that brother. Let's see do we settle it first. Because you are talking about a brother who already has a baby with another person and keeps telling me he loves the person. And you are also loving somebody who loves somebody. Are you okay? It's something, it's something, something. And I told her, I said, look, if this brother who is a believer can have a baby with somebody somewhere, then he can have a baby with you when he has not married you. Sincerely speaking, that is what happened. Got you pregnant before now rushing to your parents to go and marry you. Look at this. To rush you under duress to get you married means that my heart is not truly involved. I want to avoid shame. By the time I finish, I realize there's no shame. I can't love you again. You'll be a very useless woman in that marriage. It is not compulsory that I'm pregnant. I should get married. That I'm pregnant. You have, you have my babies. By force, I remember. It is not compulsory. So those of you who want to trap people with pregnancy, you're a foolish girl. I'm telling you, you're a foolish girl. That is not mind you. So you want to get pregnant for to the stand that man of some people go and get pregnant with other people and come and accuse their boyfriends that they are the ones that are having them. Yeah, they see. And a man called Fortune called Formas. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So don't bring yourself to that point. Walk in the wisdom of God. Be wise. Be wise. I'm telling you the truth. Achievements and attainment on earth here. Beloved, wrongfully is, is deadly. It's deadly. It is better to lack on earth here for the sake of Christ. Okay? Than to gain the whole world and lose your soul. It's a fine boy. The Lord will help his church. Oh. I say the Lord will help his church. Amen. Amen. He gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, pastors and teachers. And the assignment for the perfecting of the saints. For the work of ministry. For the edifying of the body of Christ. Why? Or till when? Until we all, so the work of the pastor is so relevant in your life until you come into the unity of the faith. That's the, 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 the first platform of the plateau that you must land. Until you come to the unity of the faith. There is an end of the knowledge of the son of God. Unto a perfect man. Unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. This scripture is too loaded. Every one of them is a whole huge message. Until we come into the unity of the faith. What is that unity of the faith we are talking about? You know, we have two kinds of faith in this Christian world. We have the subjective faith and we have the objective faith. I don't want to get too technical, but man, simple what you are saying. When you were getting born, you were giving your life to God. How did you get, how, how did you get born again? Yes, how did you get born again? Somebody should answer. We are in teaching service. Yeah? Or if you don't talk, I'll pack my things and go away. I don't want this one. That's a microcrom one. You are, you see, this church has come to a certain age. When I come here, there must be certain discussions because you have been taught many things. You be quiet and be looking at me. It doesn't make you nice. It just make you feel, it just make me feel like 
leave and go and find some people and teach them. I'll pack my things and go. Is the truth? You say, no, I can do it. Yeah. I say, how did you, are you born again? Yeah. This one too, does it, does it, are you a girl? Are you a girl? Straight. You know, you know, you don't know. You know, you know. And I'm asking you, how did you be born? How did you become born again? One one your experience. How did you do it? How did it happen? Yes. Accepting Christ through which one? By believing. The word is believing. I believed. You believe what? You believe in something that was taught you. So that your belief is a subject, I mean, a subjective believing. And what you believed in is the object of the belief that you believe. Are you getting what I'm trying to say? So you have the faith to believe an object. And what is the object of your believing? Jesus Christ is the object of your believing. Jesus Christ and his redemptive work is the object of your believing. And the Bible says that the teaching ministry, or better so, the gift of the ministry of ministry is so relevant that it has to continue until you come to the unity of the faith. We are talking about the place where you and I will begin to see alike. Our faith is so united. And don't forget that from the beginning, when we were talking about the unity of the spirit, I showed you certain things that you have to do to be unified in the spirit and told you have faith, I mean, work your way in unity of the spirit. You attain unto unity of the, of the faith. I don't know what I'm getting to. Am I getting too technical this evening? So what is going to happen is that the messages that are coming, the preachings, the ministrations, the direction, the counseling, and all those things. You see, there are certain churches when you enter there, or certain places, sometimes certain messages you hear, if it's about prosperity, you are truly born again. But certain things have, I mean, corrupted your faith and diverted you. You are not, you are not straight. But there is a true thing that we must all believe. And all that is happening, all that this ministry is doing is to make sure that it polishes, straightened, it actually cuts off what must be cut off, prune and thin, leach the soil, make sure that things get better and then align all of us. So that when we call the name Jesus, we all know what it means. So that when we, when we call upon the name Jesus, we all know what it means. And when we arrive there, we will not be tossed about by any wind of doctrine. Why? Because we are firmly grounded in the knowledge of the Son of God. Jesus is not just a person, but he is the complete knowledge of God we must know. He is the complete knowledge of God. We must know the Bible says he is the perfect expression of the Father. Mm. So we all come into the unity of the faith. Beloved, one thing you have to understand is that hmm, Thank you, Lord Jesus. 
Now, what happened is that this till we all come into the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure and the stature of the fullness of Christ. All this has three major prepositions in what? In it. When you take till we all come into the unity of the faith, what it means is that if this one does not happen, we cannot attain unto the full knowledge of the Son of God. We cannot attain to that point. And if we don't attain to the full knowledge of the Son of God, we cannot attain unto what? Perfection. And talking about perfection, I'm talking about maturity. A place of maturity. Hallelujah. And if we are not matured men, what it means is that we may not match up to the measure of the stature of the Christ. Why? Because this Christ we are talking about, the Bible is making it clear for us to understand that this Christ we are talking about, he has a stature. And that stature of Christ has a measure that is expected of us to attain unto. Or patrese. He doesn't want to have a big head, yet his body is small. So according to the size of his head, there is a certain stature so you see as i'm standing here let, can, can i have you can i have you no 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 you are too small for me okay the two of you come the two of you come the two of you come so you see you see you see this you see this two this is one stature this is another stature is that not it <laughs> so let us take this one as the stature of christ this stature of christ has its fullness when we take the measuring tape, we can measure a certain dimension. Are you following? And get a certain size. This is also a stature. Okay? It has hands. It has everything. Just like this one. But having the stature is not enough. You should also have the measure. Because to have the stature, and if I take this chest and I place it here, if you are not careful, this your small legs will let you fall down. You can't carry it. So the head of Jesus is already formed. That is why it's so important to him that the body upon which his head is going to rest must be of a certain stature and a certain measure. Are you following what is happening here? So you cannot just do anything. So you see, Jesus is requiring you to come up in growth. To come up in a certain level, it is not enough to be born again and just be coming to church. You must make sure that you are growing in the Lord. Your growth is the most important thing after you're being born again. Until we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God. The unity of the faith will help us to attain the knowledge of the Son of God. And then he said, unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Of the fullness of Christ. The standard is Christ. Not just what we think. Not just what we think. Not just what we think. Beloved, don't be deceived that as you did it and it worked, it means that it is the Lord. No. Because if, it, if I can throw my walking stick down and it can turn into a serpent, 
I'm here to remind you that some magicians also drew their own down, it turned into serpent. So don't use that one as yastic. You have to see the Christ in that act. That's why he wants to fill all things in all. That's why he wants to fill all things in all. Pastor, I'm of age. I want to marry. Listen to me. I'm, I have not even come to where you want to marry, who you want to marry. I'm thinking about the marriage itself you are about to move into. Has Christ filled it? If he has filled it, what kind of mindset? What is even your motivation to marry? The first instance is because me, me, me area, when you're the 30 years old, and I'm my, 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 has Christ filled it? He has to fill all in all. And if Christ fills a thing, beloved, nobody can let you feel belittled or feel useless that you have age, you have not married. You know, you have the, the, the knowledge of the Son of God. You know, you are full of it. You are full of it. But if it is not there, you want to be like everybody. What it means is that people are filling your space. It is not Christ. It is not Christ. Are we together here? It is not Christ. He has an objective. He will not. One thing about Jesus is that he doesn't want you to. uh, uh, He doesn't. you, You cannot attain the stature and the measure. If you have not come to the place of perfection. And you cannot attain to the place of perfection. If the knowledge of the son of God is not complete in you. And the truth of the matter is. No single person can achieve this on his own until we all come. So, we will come to a certain point that your revelation about the Lord, that is when it is going to be necessary to me. Look at it all. So, you have a revelation of the Lord and and it begins to get necessary. Mine, Begins to get necessary. You realize that the whole thing begins to enter into Kononai. Sharing. Fellowship. Let me show you a scripture. When you read the Bible, I think Luke 24, 30, 29, 30 there about. The Bible talks about the fact that there were two disciples of Jesus walking by the street. After he died and resurrected. And they were discussing Jesus. And the Bible said, whilst they were going, all of a sudden, Jesus did what? Join them. And the Bible said, beginning from the prophets, he started expanding the scriptures about concerning himself. So Jesus came to teach Jesus. Jesus was teaching who? Jesus. He was teaching the people Jesus. The message must be Christ at the end of the day. Everybody must come to that knowledge. He taught the man of God and whilst he was teaching them, at a certain point, that is one thing I love about Jesus. At a certain point, he got to a certain point, pretended, hello, I know he was going. This is the way. The disciples passed here and then he pretended he was going and the disciples said, oh, master, Master, they called him back. He always will be there if you are desperate for him. He will be there. He pretended he was going. If they had not called him, he would have gone. But they called him back and told him, can you spend time with us? Can you spend time with us? Now watch something. I want to show you something. I want to show you something. Because to attain to the full knowledge of the son of God, man of God, having even come to the unity of the faith, to attain to the full knowledge of the son of God, in that step from unity of the faith to the full knowledge, it takes something beyond preaching. To come to the, the unity of the faith may be by the engagement of the ministry of the gifts. 
the, 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 the gift of ministry, I mean the five-fold ministry, ministerial gift, may be by the engagement of that, the work of that, but to move you from that point to enter into the full knowledge of the Son of God, it does not necessarily rely dependently, but it compounds on the work of the ministry, of I mean the gift of ministry upon the life of the believer. And what is that assignment? Now look at what happened. Jesus as a preacher should let you enter into the knowledge fully at once, true or false. But the people couldn't get there. The Bible said they didn't even see that he was, he was the one. The preacher man was preaching about himself, but the listeners didn't know that he was the one preaching. They couldn't even see. So it means that no matter how anointed we may be on the pulpit, at a certain point we are limited. At certain point, we are limited. There are certain dimensions. Our preaching and our speakings and our revelation may not carry you there. It may not carry you there. But the Bible said, when Jesus spent time with them and he broke bread and started sharing with them, the Bible said, all of a sudden, their eyes opened and they saw the full knowledge of the Son of God. So the full knowledge of the Son of God is not just in preaching, it's in fellowship. 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 The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. He said the love of God. They said the fellowship of the Holy Ghost must be with you. That means we cannot graduate to this dimension without the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. My pastor is preaching to me. My pastor is blessing me. My pastor. But apart from that, there must be fellowship. When you read first John, Look at, put it there, First John, First John 1, is it 1 or something? Let's start from verse 1, verse 2. First John 1, verse 2. Oh, but let's start from verse 1. First John 1 says, that which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon, and our hands have handled of the word of life. The verse number says, for the life was manifested, and we have seen it. I see, say, they saw Jesus. We have seen it and bear witness, and show unto you the eternal life, which was with the Father, and was manifested unto us. The verse number says, that which we have seen and heard declared we unto you, that ye also may have what? So I am a preacher that declares what I have seen unto you. But after I have declared it, you, I'm declaring this is unto you so that you too may have what? Fellowship. It is in your fellowship that the full knowledge of the Son of God is. Can I tell you something? There are certain experiences. Look, our experiences with Christ, man of God, is connected to our fellowship life with Christ. We will not be the same. I cannot spend six hours every day fellowshipping with the Lord and you will have the same encounters with me. Who doesn't spend one hour with the Lord? No, it won't happen. So there are certain experiences and encounters that we may have which vary from person to person based on our fellowship life. So we may all know John 3.16 but there is a dimension of revelation in John 3.16. You will never have it. Until you are in fellowship. So look at what he said. That ye also may have fellowship with us. Now look at this. He said, and truly our fellowship is with the father. And with his son, Jesus Christ. So if there is true fellowship, there are three things that you will see. You will see that apart from your engagement of fellowship with the Holy Spirit or better with Jesus, you realize that you also have fellowship with the saints. You know why you must have fellowship with the saints? 
if you are a believer and you are not able to fellowship with the saint, your maturity is questionable. Why? Because you cannot relate with somebody's head without shaking his hand or not loving his body. Oh, touch me, You want to carry his head away, but you want to leave his body? It doesn't work. If you lie, Satri, you lie, Satri. So if you say you love the Lord and you hate the brethren, he says it's a lie. That's what he said. It, it, it can't be possible like that. It can't be possible. So you have to pray that the Lord will help you. So tell God, I was praying, Lord, help me to love this brother. Somebody help me. I prayed. I fasted three days, Lord. Help me to love this one. Help me overcome this pain. Heal my head. Heal my pain. Heal my head. I must love. You must love. Yes. <laughs> Ephesians 4. Take you to 15. Let me show you something. But speaking the truth in love. <laughs> speaking the truth in which one? What happens? May grow up to him in all things, which is the head. Even Jesus Christ. So my ability to grow in the Lord is also connected with my, my, my fellowship life. And this fellowship life is possible in love. Working with you doesn't mean I'm in fellowship with you. I may be in fellowship. I mean, working with you. But when I'm opening my mouth to speak to you, it hurts. It breaks. It doesn't minister love. The Bible says that you should, you have the responsibility to let your words be seasoned with what? Salt. That it may minister grace to hear us. I'm tempted to think that letting your word mean, I mean, be seasoned with salt is meaning the salt represents the love life. The love life. The reason being that love never fails and salt is a preserver. So it means that love preserves, salt preserves. So the Bible is saying, let your words be seasoned with love. That it may minister which one? Grace. How do I know that it is love? I know it's love because for God so loved the world that he gave grace. So if it is love, it will minister grace. But I know you can do it. I know you can overcome it. Well, I love you. I want to pray with you. So I'm going to start this fasting with you. So that, hey, who we cry on? Sister, I'm going to say, no. Saga, my way, may this one go in. Ah, Julia, we'll be like Christian now. Sorry, I know that. Ah, hey, hey, who got to bomb? And there is a reason why we are not able to love, oh, man of God. There is a reason why we are not able to love, but time will not permit me to go into it. I still feel like today I didn't even still touch it. There's a reason why. Yeah. No, I told you from the beginning that every subject of it is a whole content. We can rush it through it, sincerely speaking. I'm not saying this for you to think of me of some greatness. I'm saying this for you to know there is work for you to go as do. Go and sit down with the scriptures and look at what? Tell the Holy Spirit, open my eyes to see. Open my eyes to see. When Jesus gave the bread to them, their eyes did what? Open. So dimensions in him is in fellowship. Look at what he said in Psalm 63. 
The verse number two. Psalm 63. Look at what he said there. Put it there. He said, let's start from verse one. <laughs> he said, oh God, thou art my God. He said, early will I seek thee. I will be in fellowship with you, Lord. I will be in fellowship. Early I will rise up. I will make you my priority. I will love you. You will be my darling. My soul thirsts for thee. My flesh will long after thee. Because I love you, I drag myself to where you are. My flesh will long after thee in a dry and thirsty land where no water is. Then he said in the verse 2, now dimensions begin to open up. To see thy power and thy glory. God doesn't reveal his glory anyhow. To see thy power and thy glory. So as I have seen thee in the sanctuary. So if you don't have time for fellowship, forget about dimensions in God. What God wants to give you, listen to me, what God wants to give you is not power. Did you hear what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm going to show you the scripture. What God wants to give you is not power. What God wants to give you, he wants to give you himself. He wants to give you himself. When it comes to power, it belongs to God. All power belongs to God. All power belongs to God. It belongs to God. But that is the power, the glory, and the whatever. It belongs to God. What God wants to give you, he wants to give you himself. He told Abraham, say, Abraham, I'll be your reward. I, me, I'll be your reward. Hallelujah. Can, can, let's take, take a seat. Take a seat. Thank you. So I want to round up here. Just end here. But I want to let you know that you have a huge responsibility to grow. You know, one of the one of the people that irritate me when they come around me is people who don't make any effort of their life to grow. Now, I woke up night after night and spent time, hours of time with Kabra uh, when he was staying with me because I saw hunger to grow. You come and sit in front of me and I'll be sitting in the chair asking me questions. I'll call for my study Bible and begin to teach him. Teach him. Teach him. I was sharing my heart. Because I saw the hunger. In no time I started seeing change. And I told myself, I don't look back. Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. I have a lot of pastors, but we are not the same. We are not the same. The Bible said, oh matter, Mary has found that which is good and nobody can take it from him. And nobody can take it from, from him. You may be active for the Lord, but are you in fellowship with the Lord? Jesus sat before the people. He asked questions. And he answered questions. You have been with your pastor. They have never asked questions. <laughs> How do you grow? Amen. Now, if you want pastor want to ask a question, I want to dodge. Jesus answered questions. Now it is question time. What do you think? So, now ask me questions. I'm done. (laughs) Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed the podcast, you can subscribe. You can share with your friends. Take a screenshot and share it on your social stories and tag us at KMC Worldwide. For more information, visit kmcworldwide.org. Thanks again for listening. God bless you.